Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is looking at the Maryland basketball scene. So we're looking at three of the top basketball colleges in Maryland, and we're going to talk about Towson University, UMBC, and the University of Maryland. So let's start with Towson University. Right now they're 0-3. Jalen, what do you believe Towson needs to do in order to pick up their first win? So I think the biggest thing is that they're finally starting to get a little bit of the uh, the conference competition down. I think they uh, they have a game coming up against George Mason, and they also have another. They have two games back to back against James Madison. I think those will be a really good opportunity for them to kind of wake up. Um, it's a lot of back-to-backs and it's a lot of double shots. I think over the next couple of games, they're going to really get a chance. Like I said, they see James Madison twice, Elon twice, UNC, uh, UNCW twice, Hofstra twice. Like they're going to get a lot of these teams back-to-back um, with conference play. And I think that's going to bring something out of them that's going to be like pretty, um, pretty clean in terms of being able to get a couple of wins off. I think the biggest thing for them is that their guard play has to pick up. We've seen a little bit of Nick Timberlake, but I think that I think that the biggest thing that's hurting them right now is just a lack of senior leadership that they had from last season. They had Dennis Tunstall, they had Sanders, they had uh Brian Fobbs. I think those three those three guys in terms of production they're losing a lot of their scoring output and obviously two of those guys in Sanders and Tunstall are literally their starting front court so we're talking about a significant amount of output going out the window that's not even to show throw out the fact that the guy me and you Ryan going into the season thought was going to be their lead guard and Alan Beatran he transferred to Rhode Island just out of the blue didn't even under didn't even didn't see it it's coming didn't understand it wasn't even sure how to really take um, heed to it considering the circumstances because we definitely thought that this was going to be the year where Alan Beatran in his third season would get handed the keys with Brian Farbs graduating. So this is a team that's really looking for itself um, in the backcourt and trying to figure out who their lead scorer is because they've let they've they've leaned on Fobbs to be that guy for so long. Now I will say that a guy in Zane Martin who was once at Towson left Towson and now is back at Towson has given them a significant spark plug. He had 25 and five um, against San Francisco, really big output. And then against Buffalo, he had another really good output again, where he had 27, five and six. Um, I think this might have to be the guy that takes um, the reins at the, at the guard spot as their leading scorer. Um, and I think he's going to get better over time. I think he, he started out little, a little slow, six points in his first outing. But these last two games, like I mentioned before, 20-point 20, 20 outings in both games. And although they were losses, I think this is a team that's going to get better as the conference play comes around. Um, like you said beforehand, the, the biggest issue um, in terms of your question, the biggest issue they need to address is just, you know, who, who do you want the ball in, your hands, uh, in their hands the most? Because the last two seasons – they knew who that guy was. This is the first season where they have to try to rediscover who that guy might be. 
Yeah, and this team is 0-3 right now. They've lost three games this year to Virginia, San Francisco, and Buffalo. I absolutely agree with you. They don't have a lot of senior leadership on that team. I know Zane Martin is a senior, but he just transferred back to Towson after playing at New Mexico. And he's also been their leading scorer as well, averaging 19 points a game this season and shooting under 47% from the field. It's good to have a guy like Zane Martin as your leading scorer, but I feel like you need more senior leadership on that team other than Zane Martin. The other good news about Towson so far is that Nick Timberlake is back. Um, He missed a couple games last year due to injury. He's been a great asset for this team in terms of three-point shooting. He's averaging 37.5% from three. And then you're seeing your young players showing a lot of signs of improvement. Jason Gibson and Charles Thompson are two examples of that. Charles Thompson is the second leading rebounder right now for Towson. And Jason Gibson is becoming a great facilitator at the point guard position. So I feel like even though they're 0-3, I think Towson, like you mentioned, Jalen, they have the ability to rack up some wins in conference play. They play Elon a couple of times, James Madison. I think they can become a contender in the CAA. Yeah, Ryan, we, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, we, we were, we watched this team a lot last season and we understand that they're a team that starts out really slow. They have a really struggling time with being able to take on some of the better competition in their conference and conference play was one of those things that they need to start taking, um, taking advantage of. There's a lot of teams in the conference that can be had. And I think with the fact that they have so much of it scheduled so early with the the weirdness of this season and everything and the way that it's set up where they're playing most of these teams twice in a row, they get a chance to really not only figure out a lot about themselves within the conference, but it also really gives them a chance to like rack up some wins. And I think that that's exactly what they kind of need. I think they're one or I think they're one or two win. they're, they're, They're one win streak away from getting themselves back together as as quickly as they went zero and three i think this is a team that could easily get back to three three and three make themselves 500 and be a contender in the caa again and i absolutely agree with you that's that's the thing they need to get a streak of wins they need to have solid play at the guard position i kind of expect somebody other than zane martin to score more than 20 points a game you know i feel like last season there was there was the ability for multiple guys to score 20 points a game. Cause I mean, at one point you would have Fobbs that would score 20 and Jawan Gray would score 20 and then B-Train would, would get a couple points here and there. And then Jason Gibson would uh, shoot a couple threes. I feel like you don't have that right now other than Zane Martin. And I think that I would give it time for Towson, but I think that you're right. They can go three and three. Yeah, bro. This is a team that's looking extremely dangerous if they can get things in order. I think they've got some guys that you can lean on. I think Nick Timberlake is a guy that I really want to see a lot more of. Jawan Gray was a guy we were super hype about last season, but was hurt towards the back end of the year. And it really messed with the overall output of the team because they were missing one of their potential top scorers. And then I think, I think Chris Thompson, I think this is a guy at the big or or Charles Thompson is a guy that at the big man spot, you know, he had a really good outing against Buffalo. And I think, I mean, 17 and five against Buffalo. I think that's a good sign that things are coming together. They just need to put it all in one game. And I think after they kind of see it all come together on the floor, they can start to kind of string something together. Now, I mean, Ryan, let's, 
let's just be honest, you start your year off with Virginia and you're going to have a little bit of a hard, you know, road to getting yourself back together. You know, after you lose to Virginia, you know, you, you know, you got to get yourself back to at least one and one San Francisco's no slouch and Buffalo has Ronaldo Segu on the team. Who's um, who was once upon a time, a potential NBA prospect coming out of high school. Um, so, I mean, talk about a rough road to the, you know, your first three games and a COVID written season. But I think starting off with George Mason on the 22nd of this month, I think this is a team that if they can get things back in rhythm, I think they could turn this around quickly and easily notch things up at three, three, like I said before, you want to start talking about UMBC, bro? Yeah, let's talk about UMBC. So Jalen, UMBC two years ago was the shocker of the century. UMBC, once upon a time, beat Virginia. They were the first ever 16 seed to beat Virginia. Jalen, what does UMBC need to do to make it to the tournament and maybe make a splash in the tournament? I think it just comes down to same thing as what we talked about with Towson. They've got a a lot of the similar circumstances as well, playing a lot of guys back-to-back where they can potentially – zone off some wins and I mean their only loss right now is their first game of the season against Georgetown that's not a bad loss so it's a really good circumstance but St. Francis GW Delaware all wins and it's been team efforts it's always been UMBC group effort small guards three four guards out in the lineup and just just outscore the other team I mean I know that's the natural (laughs) inkling of basketball but in this case simply just more possessions equals more baskets equals Let's try to blow this team out. And so far, 80 to 65, 92 to 81, 76 to 61. I mean, uh, near double-digit leads or significant double-digit leads in all three wins that they had. And the only loss that they had, they lost by eight. Again, to a Georgetown team that's no slouch. They've got Mount St. Mary's, Coppin State, and then things start get start to get a little weird, kind of like what we said with Towson. They've got Albany back to back, Binghampton back to back, Stony Brook back to back, New Hampshire, and it continues to go down that line. So I think those back to back games of conference play, I think they can take advantage of the way the schedule is set up this year, where they can build something up and kind of build a little bit of a streak. Where yeah, they might get had here and there. But I think within the conference, they're probably the best team in the conference, I would argue. And I mean, right now they're first in the uh, they're first in the conference in terms of the American East. So, I mean, right now, you know, smooth sailing to start, right? Well, they're they're three and one so far this season. You mentioned they they picked up a couple of wins, and their first loss was against Georgetown. Brandon Horvath has been their leading rebounder and their leader in assists, and then RJ Otto Rock has been a solid three-point shooter. In terms of the conference, though, I feel like all roads lead through Vermont. Vermont has almost always won the American East Conference, except for that one time in 2018 that UMBC was able to defeat them. They've pretty much held their ground in that conference. They've pretty much been the best team in that conference. They've pretty much been making the NCAA tournament consistently. So I think all roads lead through Vermont. I think Ryan Odom, the coach for UMBC, has the ability to lead this team to the American East Championship again. I feel like if UMBC can make it to the tournament, they could be one of those teams that 
can pull off an upset like they had against Virginia. I think that with a guy like Darnell Rogers, his ability to get to the basket, I think is something that is very underrated about his game. And then, like I mentioned, RJ Isle Rock has been a great three-point shooter for them so far this season. I think if those two guys can develop into great players throughout the season, I think UMBC has a chance to win the conference. Yeah, and I mean, the only reason why I didn't learn, lean with Vermont, because I agree with you, Vermont's had the, the conference relatively on lock for the most part. So, I mean, it's been one of those things that's hard to really or argue with. But Vermont hasn't played a game yet. And I have a little bit of a concern with that because they're not going to play until close to the end of December. Um, now, they catch they catch, catch UMass Lowell two times back-to-back to start the season off. And UMass is not doing very well right now. One and three so far overall with um, – not very much traction to build off of right now. Granted, they might have a little bit um, more to uh, think about going into that first game and first and second game against Vermont. But I mean, as of right now, I think it's hard to argue with the fact that UMBC has the conference on lock. They've played uh, nearly the most games in the conference. Only Hartford's played more games um, than them. And it's only by one. They have the best record in the conference with three and one, the next closest person, a uh, team again would be Hartford, who's three and two. Um, I think so far UMBC starting early, um, having a favorable set of matchups going um, into the end of December. I think all of those things actually make it where I would say that UMBC is the team that everybody's going to have to go through in the America East because they're the ones that have the head start and they're the ones that have the, have it on lock as of right now. Vermont has catching up to do. I think I think UMBC's in front. And I think with a season like this, I think anything can happen. I do think UMBC has always been a contender to win that conference, but Vermont is always going to be in their way. Let's talk about Maryland. 4-0 so far. They take on Clemson at uh, 5 o'clock, so we're, we're recording this just before tip-off against Clemson. I believe it's their first real test of the season. Jalen, as a 4-0 team, what do you believe are the chances that they can win the Big Ten? Ooh, see, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because, you know, in past episodes, we've already hyped up teams like Iowa. We've already discussed um, how much we both enjoy watching Illinois basketball this year. Obviously, Michigan State is no team to sleep on. Rocket Watts is performing really well right now um, for that team, and it's a really good team effort. Ohio State is a team that I think people are not talking about enough. And I think they're a team that's going to be extremely dangerous moving forward um, as they kind of catch their bearings. But I think they're doing uh, enough to at least keep you on the radar or keep them on your radar right now. Um, I agree with you, though, man. Maryland's first real test, Clemson, definitely is the first real one. I mean, St. Peter's, easy dub, 90 to 57. Mount St. Mary's, easy dub, 79 to 61. Navy, Easy dub, Maryland 82, Navy 52. And of course, their first game of the season against Old Dominion, 85 to 67. I mean, these games aren't even close. It's essentially their version of a preseason um, heading into uh, eventual Big Ten play. Uh, Obviously, after Clemson, who I think will be a significant test for them, they get Rutgers ranked number 21 in the country right now. We already know how we both feel about Ron Harper Jr. and Rutgers right now. We discussed that on the episode actually right before this about players that we think are top top tier in the country and Ron Harper Jr. is on on that roster, which means that Maryland's going to have to deal with him 
for 40 minutes and you just wonder whether or not Maryland can hold it. Ryan, my biggest thing to you that I want to ask you, bro, and it's something that we kind of just, we talk about this every year, man. Maryland sets us up to think that there's going to be a really great season ahead. They start out really well. And then it just seems like Mark Turgeon can never seem to get them over the hump and things start off on a high, you know, with a high ceiling, really high hopes. They plateau for a while. And then there's this really awkward spiral where you start to lose hope from them. You see a string of three or four big 10 games, conference games dropped. And you just start to wonder, is this even a real contending team in the big 10? So Ryan ending off with the statement I just made, I mean, is this really a contending team in the big 10? Cause I'm really not certain that with the way things are going right now, you know, they're good enough to kind of string some wins along, but I just, I don't know. For now, I'm going to say yes. I know they're 4-0 this season. They haven't had a lot of um, – they haven't played a lot of good opponents so far. Tonight against Clemson is going to be the test. I want to see how guys like Eric Ayala step up, Hakeem Hart, Dante Scott, Aaron Wiggins, Jarius Hamilton. I want to see how those guys perform. As a Maryland fan, I really hate getting a sense of false hope. Because I remember when we were ranked number three a couple times and we would always finish the season not ranked in the top 25. I just want Maryland to win again. And as a Maryland fan, we haven't seen a championship from the men's side since 2002. Um, The women's team were able to win a championship in 2006. But for the men's team, it's been now 18 years I really want to see a championship. I think this may be the team that has the best chance of winning it outside of last year's team. Eric Ayala leads the team in scoring. Hakeem Hart had 33 points against St. Peter's. Dante Scott, he's been consistent from three. He's also their leading rebounder. And then Aaron Wiggins has the ability to be the sixth man of the year in the Big Ten. There is talent on this team. There's no question about that. It's just can they get into the top 25 Can they be consistent in the top 25? Can they rack up 25 wins this year? Can they win the Big Ten? Can they win the Big Ten tournament? Can they lock up a top three seed? Those are the questions that I hope will be answered this season. Ryan, I think it's really easy to put in perspective. This is the measuring stick for me as to where Maryland ranks amongst the Big Ten teams. On January 7th, they got Iowa. On January 10th, they got Illinois. That's really where the cookie crumbles to me. I think that if they can split those, that will at least tell me something about where this team falls in the Big Ten. I think if they drop both of those, I think that's a really big blow. They get Nebraska, Michigan, Minnesota, and then the next ranked opponent they get is Wisconsin. So I think taking two L's to Iowa and Illinois and then following that up with more even Steven teams in terms of Nebraska, Michigan, Minnesota, I think that's going to be a really rough stretch for them to recover. And come time they got to play Wisconsin, I think that's where we end up striking them down. And that's the unfortunate part because, again, like I said before, 
we get this every year, man. We get this every single year. So, you know, Ryan, we love to try to end with hot takes. We try to like, we'd like to leave, leave people with something that they can take away, uh, that they can quote us on um, in terms of a lot of these podcast episodes. So I'm going to ask the elephant in the room question. If Maryland doesn't finish in the top five of the Big Ten this year, is Mark Turgeon gone? Yes, because I think that the consistency of the program has always been there. Maryland will always be one of the best teams in any conference that they play in, whether it's the ACC, Big Ten, whatever conference they play in. The problem is that it's been years since Maryland has made it to the Final Four. We made it to this week 16 in 2016 with a team that had Jake Lehman, Mellow Trimble, Diamond Stone. We ended up facing Kansas. I thought we were going to beat them, but we didn't. That's the closest we've gotten so far to the championship. Maryland hasn't reached the Final Four since Juan Dixon was there. It's been years. You can go on about how Gary Williams was the coach and the great times that Maryland had, but Mark Turgeon has yet to make the Final Four. Gary Williams made the Final Four multiple times. He came away with the championship in 2002, almost in 2001. Mark Turgeon has yet to make the Final Four. He needs to make the Final Four, okay? And as a Maryland fan, I want to see Maryland make the Final Four, and this team has the talent to make the Final Four. So (laughs) as a Maryland fan, please make the Final Four. (laughs) No, dude. I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, fastest fastest coach to reach 200 wins in program history – 204 and 99 overall is his record. Obviously, that's changed a bit over the course of this season. But, I mean, they haven't lost the game yet. So, that also means that he hasn't had anything to his losing um, into the bracket. But he's a guy who has a really nice, you know, overall record as a coach at Maryland. But, like you said beforehand, he's never made a Final Four. I mean, you know, I, I, I hate to beat the drum on this one. But, I mean, you, you know, you, when you don't lie, you don't lie. And, I mean, I think that's the biggest hit. Now, he is signed through the 22-2023 season. So, through 22, uh, 2022 and 2023, he's still on the books. So, that means that's at least, that's at least two to three more seasons of him. Um. I tend to agree with you that I think they might need a change of pace if, again, they can't finish in the top five of the Big Ten this year. I do also think excuses by certain Mark Turgeon stands are going to be that, remember, this was a COVID-written season, but I don't think that has anything to really do with it because the Big Ten has always been difficult to get through. Um, I hate to throw, you know, a lot of – weird analogies in here but mark turgeon has a very jim harbaugh at michigan kind of feel to me right now and he's a guy who's a little bit on the hot seat too as a guy who couldn't who still has not beaten ohio state in terms of being on the big 10 football scene i gotta say i think mark turgeon's in a similar ilk and if that if i mean if if 
if Jim is on the hot seat in Michigan, then I think that's got to say something about Mark Turgeon here in Maryland. Um, I don't want the guy to lose his job. I never vouch for people to lose their jobs. But, you know, to quote the great homie Ryan, you got to make the final four, you know? So transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, out of the three teams that we've talked about today, UMBC, Towson, and Maryland, which one has the best chance of making the NCAA tournament? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.